My name is Joe Harris. I'm not the senior minister either, uh, but I am filling in for John while he is away, uh, way away, and I was hoping to use technology, <clears throat> but I'm not sure if that's going to work or not. Christmas colors, the colors of Christmas. That is what our uh, theme is, and John has gone through purple, he's gone through green, the uh, everlasting, the evergreen, uh, learned all about that last week, and uh, the color that I am going to be talking about today is red. Now we see a lot of red around Christmas, and a lot of symbols around Christmas are red. Uh, John talked about some last night, or not last night actually, he might have, but last week <laughs> he, uh, he was talking about how they used to have uh, mystery plays, and these mystery plays were all throughout Europe, and uh, there's this particular one that they would do on the 24th, and it would have a prop uh, paradise tree. And on that paradise tree were apples, and the apples were tied onto the tree, and they would represent Adam and Eve and the fall of mankind, which is very appropriate because Jesus died to take care of that fall. And to bring us back. Now, we are constantly bombarded by holidays steeped in traditions, um, some by accident, like the mystery tree, the paradise tree. It just became a yearly event, and people started putting their trees up and putting apples on their trees, as did the people in the play. And uh, other traditions are started with intentional symbolism, and we're going to talk about some of those today as well. Before we do that, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for all the blessings that you've given us. We thank you for this time of year when we remember how you brought your Son, our Christ and Savior, to this earth, born in a humble way. And we just pray that you Stay on our hearts and fill us with your Holy Spirit through this season and allow us to share your love with those around us and share the reason for this season as often as we can. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're going to talk about Christmas red. The red things of Christmas, the red symbols of Christmas. But we're going to start with Christmas red. Christmas red... For example, Kelly Moore Christmas Red, AC219-R, the hexadecimal color code 54245, in the RGB red, green, blue color model number 54245, is comprised of 77.25% red, 22.88% green, and 27.06% blue. In the HSL color space, it has the hue of 359 degrees, it's 53% saturation, and 52% lightness. Okay, so now we have discussed Christmas red. <laughs> we can go on to the next color. I feel good about this. John would be proud of me. <clears throat> so, uh, let's talk about things that we see that are red during this season. Uh, a lot of people during this time of year will have Advent candles, Advent wreaths, and 
today just happens to fall on the day that you would put the rose-colored or the, the pink candle up, and it stands for joy. We're going to talk a little bit about joy and uh, where that joy comes from. And uh, like the red shirt of Lillian is now adorning that says love, joy, and peace on it. You see the word joy a lot printed in red, and we're going to discuss a lot about that as well. But why joy? We all know the reason for joy, but um, it all started back in a night a long time ago. And we're going to read some scriptures that kind of fill in the, the blanks for us of where that joy came from and why people were so pumped up about the coming of this child. Now, there were lots of prophecies when for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. That's a lot. I mean, it's a kingdom that's going to last forever. Go ahead and just roll through all the, the scriptures. We're going to talk about all of these. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foul, the foal of a donkey. Sorry, a Chick-fil-A thing going there. <laughs> and the Lord will be king over all the earth. And in that day, the Lord will be the only one and his name, the only one. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. But the angel said to them, and this is the angel that was talking to the shepherds the night that Christ was born, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in this city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, we're going to continue. But if we walk in the light, as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But the shepherds were hearing the angels say, we have something of great joy, a reason for great joy. They were expecting a coming king, a king that was going to reign forever, and it was going to have great zeal for the house of the Lord forever. And they were pumped. I mean, they were, you know, they were singing the jingle bells all the way. They were, they were you know, you see angels, and after they got up off the ground and wiped the dirt off their face, they were like, you know, jingle bell, jingle. Hey, come on, let's go to town and see this baby, this awesome thing that has happened. You know, they were pumped. They were full of joy. And 
seeing the baby, thinking, wow, this is the coming king, they started thinking about all these prophecies. I'm sure the shepherds were thinking of all these. But as time went on, all these prophecies that were in their minds of the king is coming, a bringer of peace, the, the one that's going to reign forever, they were done. They were, they were in complete joy. Now, we go from, from joy through the ages, the joy of a, a coming king, a joy of, of the prince of peace to jolly. We went from joy to jolly pretty quickly. We went from joy to the world, the Lord is come to have a holly jolly Christmas. It, it has transpired through the years. So now you, you go through the supermarket, you go through the, the department store, you go anywhere and you start hearing all these songs about good old St. Nick and uh, all the, the happy, holly, jolly songs of Christmas. So let's talk about this jolly old elf. His name was St. Nicholas. Uh, he was a monk in Greek, and he resided in Turkey in 280 A.D. He was from a rich family, but he gave away most of what he had, or all of what he had, to the poor and sick. And he gained his sainthood at some point, and we're not sure when that was, but we've all known him for several hundred years as old Saint Nick. Martin Luther didn't uh, like people praying to a saint even St. Nick. So he supposedly, he and his followers, introduced the idea that Christkin, uh, German for Christ child, would secretly come on Christmas Eve and bring presents for good little children. Christkin was modified to Kris Kringle in the 1840s in the U.S. And as Dutch settlers came over with the stories of St. Nick, Claus in Dutch, they merged this Kris Kringle and came up with Santa Claus. The red could have been a symbol of uh, the red robes that bishops wear. Uh, since he was a saint, they might have put those things together. But um, for a long time, Santa Claus was a, a bad thing, uh, in Europe and over here, the Puritans were very much against any kind of uh, celebration of Christmas, Christmas trees. But uh, the jolly old elf came through, and with his giving spirit, he can be seen today riding a sled with eight tiny reindeer. Uh, but they're not red, so I'm not going to talk about them. <laughs> uh, you'll have to ask John about where they came from. So... Let's talk about uh, some other parts of red. Another red that we see very often, uh, probably the most red we see during Christmas time, is going to be red brake lights, red traffic lights. Uh, we always come up against these things during Christmas, right? I mean, they're always going to slow us down. They're always going to stop us from enjoying the joy that we have during this time of year. It, uh, 
It can be frustrating sometimes this time of year. It's going to stop us from going to our Christmas parties and, and giving those gifts we really want to give and getting those gifts we really want to give. Uh, so that's part of Christmas, Christmas Red. Now, during my studies, I was going through all of these, these colors. It's very interesting uh, that in the same spectrum that we have Christmas Red, there's this another very popular red color. And it's called blood red. Same colors, same spectrum. The crimsons, they're blood red. And this is the, the quote, artistic quote, when you're, you're thinking about using blood red in your artistic endeavors, there's always a caution. Blood red is an attention-grabbing color, so don't waste it on unimportant elements of your design. The viewer's eye is drawn to it immediately. So use it for elements you want to stand out. Boy, isn't that the truth? Um, you know those wreaths that John talked about last week? Those wreaths that the Romans put together? The wreaths that were evergreens that would show everlasting uh, life? Well, after Christ, they put holly berries on those trees. And the holly was the crown of thorns. And the berries were the drops of blood that he shed for us. Just a little thing. Little pieces of red to mean a whole lot to us. So, the joy went to Jolly. We have berries on our wreaths to remind us of Christ, but somewhere along the way, it just became a Christmas wreath to put on your door to kind of max out the ensemble, you know, of Christmas. We also have other things that uh, we see as blood red. You know, Christ was coming, and we knew that the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, was on his way. And they rejoiced that with great joy, and we would have too. But we know the rest of the story. They might not have understood all the prophecies that were spoken about Jesus and the blood of the Lamb that was shed, the reason that they had so much blood in their forgiveness ceremonies and the redemption of people we understand that now. Back then, they had great joy. But we found out later in his life how he was going to actually come through and become the everlasting king. It was a king that they did not expect. So, perhaps the prophecies were forgotten, misunderstood, glossed over, but for whatever reason... They uh, didn't seem to put a lot of time into thinking of how a man was going to be a king forever. So we have the holly. We have the poinsettias that are red plants that were brought over. Again, showing 
the blood of Christ that was shed for us. It was brought over from Mexico and was a, a very powerful and still is very powerful use of red at Christmas time. Now, there are various things in, in Christmas that we have to uh, pay attention to. And one of those is the way we portray the time of year. Now, it is a, it's a happy time of year. When we talk about joy, we have joy of giving gifts. There's nothing better. Um, Mike and Christy brought over a gift yesterday to AJ. And there's nothing better than seeing a child's eyes light up or an adult's eyes light up when they see that gift, when they get that, that gift. And that's the joy the shepherds had. But when a kid gets a toy shark, I mean, he lights up. And I think that's part of this season is for us to remember, yeah, Christ gave it all to us. And it puts it in our hearts automatically. We want to give to others. And I think it's real important that we think about the importance of giving to others, not just ourselves. You know, I'm, you know, I'm going to get Angie that mug this year and, and I'm getting me that boat. I mean, it's, it's important to think of others when you're, when you're going through Christmas time. But we always got to come back to where that joy really comes from. I always think of Holly Jolly Christmas, you know, and what Martin Luther King... Martin Luther King... Martin Luther was getting at... I don't know where Martin Luther King stood on the subject. I really don't. But Martin Luther, he didn't like the frivolity... Frivolity? Yeah, frivolity of Christmas. He didn't like people praying to saints. And he saw what was coming and what could happen. And it has happened to us as well. It's become... Uh, overwhelmingly a materialistic type thing, and we've mostly forgotten where, where Christ is in it. And, and I started thinking about that, and I was like, well, I, maybe he took it a little too far. But then I started thinking, what if we had a Veterans Day celebration? Could you imagine a Veterans Day celebration? And we all come together to honor those men that and women that died for their country. And we come and start singing, Have a holly jolly Veterans Day. Yes, let's just thank those guys. I mean, something's not right there. I mean, these people gave their lives, and here we are holly and jolly in it, you know? And that's what we do at Christmas a lot of times. There's nothing wrong with being happy during Christmas, but we can't forget the joy and Every time you see Santa Claus's suit, remember, you know, the, the blood red and, and then the white cuffs and the little ball on his hat, you know, that the, the white represents the purity that he washed us white as snow. That's a pretty important part, because otherwise we couldn't get to heaven. We, we wouldn't be able to, to get through in our, our old scarlet gowns and our old filthy rags, but through Christ, we're able to do that. So, we have the, the holly, the crown of thorns, 
the drops of blood. We have the poinsettia. We have the, the paradise tree, which gives us the ornaments that so often we see at Christmas. That's where red ornaments were really uh, started. And we see how Christ came to take care of the sin of Adam and Eve and how they were, uh, well, how we were redeemed from that curse. And then we have the candy cane. The candy cane is a people's favorite, and it's gone from a candy cane to even little candy cane mints. And as you notice, a lot of people have come up with little things about the candy cane. Uh, it was actually in the 1600s, supposedly, there was a choir master that just couldn't handle the, the little kids getting into everything, and so he wanted to do something to keep their minds off of running around the church and, and being crazy. And so he brought them little candy sticks, and they were just white at the time. And he had the candy maker make a crook on top. And he would use those candy canes to remind the children of the shepherds coming to visit Jesus on Jesus' birth. And so it was a great tool for him, not only to keep the kids quiet, and you'll know if John starts passing these out during a Christmas Eve service why you're getting one, that uh, you need to sit quietly and, and listen to them. But he put the, the little... Uh, shepherd's hook on there. And then in the early 1900s, there was a young candy maker in Indiana, and he had, to start with, he had the, the thought of the candy cane, and you, it was really cool. You could hang it on the tree. It was a really neat thing, but he decided to make it into a very powerful uh, symbol of Christ and what Christ did. So you start with the, the white of the candy. It's solid white, and that is for the purity of Christ. And then what he did that was so strong was he added stripes, red stripes. And the red stripes, there's a large one that was supposed to symbolize the cross and all of the blood that was shed for us. And then there were small stripes going around that where he was scourged and uh, by his stripes, we are healed. And so through that process of that horrible time before the cross, when he was whipped for us, uh, that was put into a, a piece of candy so that we could remember. The flavor, peppermint, was supposed to be like the hyssop, which is a purifying plant. And so you have all these things wrapped up into one little piece of candy that can be so sweet as Christ died for us. And now I'm going to wrap up all these loose ends. And what better way to wrap up all these loose ends but in a Christmas bow that's red. And a Christmas bow symbolizes the unity of mankind being tied together by goodwill. And it's God's goodwill that was sh shared with us 
His blood that was shed for us that binds us together as Christians. And when you see red bows, you should remember that. So, as we go through this Christmas season, just remember when you see red, maybe you're sitting in a red chair, who knows. But whenever you see red, wherever it happens to be around you, think of what Christ did. And the real reason for the season is not just the child that was born, but the rest of the story of why that child was born. And it's a great opportunity to share with people that part of the story. Now, if you all stand, we are going to have a time of, well, response time. If you'd like to make a decision, if you would like to have prayer, if you have anything that you would um, like to talk to us about, we have the elders here. Um, Just come forward during the song and we will take care of those needs for you.